Welcome to Virtually Amazing, the podcast for virtual assistants with me, Shelley Fischel of Tomorrow's VA and Joe Brianti of JLB Business Consulting. Each week we chat with amazing guest experts all aimed at helping you grow your VA business. So sit back, grab a cuppa and tune in for a fun-filled episode. Welcome listeners to Virtually Amazing and we are back after a two-week break where Shelley that's me, um, is in the UK. So we are recording this today on June the 16th, Wednesday, June the 16th. I'm currently sitting in the spare bedroom where my son lives. It's actually our house, but they're in our bedroom. It's very, I'll tell you a funny story about that, Joe, a bit later, but um, remind me. So yeah, so uh, we're we're recording this in London. So we're both in the same time zone, which is kind of a bit odd to begin with, because I'm usually two hours ahead. Um, And uh, this week I was preparing for the PA show, which no doubt, if you're keeping up with all things PA, EA, VA, you will know has now been postponed. So listeners, I am now in London for the next week, but I will be back in September. The new show dates are the 1st and 2nd of September. So Joe, what have you been doing? We haven't had a chat, proper chat for a while because we've, we've taken a bit of a break. No, no, we haven't. I went for a rather lovely um, session where I don't, it's called having your colours and styling done. And it was quite a revelation. I've been wearing the wrong colour for, well, ever since I went grey. Because basically what I learnt, and I'm not, I'm not the most fashion conscious of people, but what I learnt was as you change, your colouring can change. And I had gone from sort of um, chestnut brown hair that admittedly had been dyed for a very long time. And I went, oh, natural. And the change in the hair colour has changed my overall colouring. So I had a very, very lovely day with a lady called Natasha. She helped me work out my colours and I shall have this little portfolio of sort of sort of colour swatches to, to help me with shopping. And I came home and looked in my wardrobe, opened the door and went, oh, that's got to go, that's got to go, that's got to go. Oh, that's got to go, that's got to go. Oh, oh, I can have that. <laughs> that's got to go, that's got oh, that's got to go. So I looked along the rail and I thought, oh, there's not really a lot there because all of the favourite colours I've been wearing were for, if you like, the, the previous, not change, you don't change yeah. your colouring, but as you age, as you change, your sort of tones of your skin change. So I learned all about that. And um, we did some virtual shopping and I bookmarked some clothing styles that she thought would really suit me and my shape and all of those kinds of things. And it's very nice to take a day out for just me, no husband, no children, no business. No, and it's quite unusual for me to kind of totally, you know, I, my phone was switched off, everything, but it was lovely. Yeah, I I I, I had my colours done from by the House of Colour um, yes. about um, ten years ago now, 
11, wow. 11 years ago, just before my, my middle son got married. So he's been married this, uh, this summer will be 11 years. So, uh, yes, yeah, so, so I had them done and it really is revolutionary because we, we wear the colors that we like to wear, which are not necessarily the colors that we ought to be wearing. Yeah. And you're right. It's all based on skin tone as well as your hair yeah. color. And, um, I changed my makeup. I wear a different shade of lipstick. Everything yeah. changed. And yeah. it's more the fact that people stop you and say, oh, yeah, like, what are you on? You look really good yeah. today. Yes. Uh, and I was actually thought when we came onto the video that you do look much better. And that shade of blue really suits you. Yes. Now, I don't wear those pale colors. They don't suit me. I need no. I need really. I mean, I'm wearing pale today. I'm if yeah. you're if you're listening, I'm wearing a, a stripy T-shirt. But um normally you'll know that I wear very bold colors and that's yeah. what suits me best so yeah. and the orange and the blue and the turquoise from my branding well the orange and the blue are in my color palette the turquoise not so much but I had a jacket that color once and I really liked it so it ended and, up and this this was Shelley what I found so interesting is that you know this this sort of lilac-y blue t-shirt that I've got on this is actually one of my colours. Yeah. Um, and the turquoise from the Virtual Amazing Brandy is also one yeah. of my colours. Yet I have quite a few of the vivid orange and that is not one of my colours. No. And I sat there because we kind of sat with all these swatches and she said, show me what you like and what's in your wardrobe. So I went, oh, this, this, this. And she went, okay. And so she put those colours up against me and I said, oh, that looks lovely. Then she took it away and then she put, let's say, a, a different shade of blue up. And the difference yeah. is quite, quite obvious when you sit there with this white thing. So very interesting. Yeah, so that I shall be shopping shortly. Yeah, yeah. I'm, um, when I had mine done with a, a lady called Jackie, um, she said, um, you know, you can't go out and change your wardrobe overnight. You have to do it yeah. gradually because most of us have all the wrong stuff in the wardrobe anyway, because yeah. we buy what we like, not yeah. necessary. And, and her promise, I used to see her at networking events and her premise was, I'm going to save you time and money. And I thought, yeah. oh, how can this save me time and money? But it really does because it stops you buying the things that don't suit you. So when I go into Marks and Spencer's or or John Lewis or whatever if I see things in pink for example or black which are nowhere near my color palette I just don't even look at them anymore yeah. gradually and so it does save you time because you only hone in on those things that you yeah. know are going to work the same way that the color you know the, those colors and of course it saves you money because you don't buy those things that you think oh I yeah. like it then they sit in your wardrobe and actually you don't know why you don't get them out and wear them yeah but you suddenly realize that actually they're not right for you but it's really interesting I mean it's a whole thing about saving time and money yeah. which kind of ties into both of what we do for a living yeah. as well because we help people save time and money by you by taking the pay the, the, the headache away from them doing their GDPR stuff so you're saving them time and money yeah. because they get it right first time and I save people time and money by helping them learn how to use their office software correctly so they can get yeah. things done more effectively in fact yeah. somebody recently described me as a box of paracetamol oh <laughs> yeah we had um I've mentioned before that we're a part of a trainer community and uh, we had a quest 
to get to know and one of the other trainers and describe the other person as an inanimate object. So we were we were paired up randomly with other people that we didn't necessarily know. We had a chat, uh, and the the Susanna who 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 picked me, she said, "Well, I think you're like a box of paracetamol." And I said, "Well, why is that?" She said, "Because you take away the headaches um, of people trying to use Microsoft Office." And it was quite cute. But anyway, I think we should get ready for our guest who's going to be coming along in um, not very long at all. So let's um, queue up for Sarah. I'm not even going to try and pronounce her surname. I'm going to ask her to pronounce it herself because I will get it wrong. I will say it completely (laughs) wrong uh, and I don't want to do that. So I think we're going to stop the recording at this point, Joe, and we'll go and get ready for Sarah to join us. Okay, listeners, welcome back. We are back today with the lovely Sarah. And as I said in the introduction, I'm not going to try and pronounce Sarah's surname. So I'm going to ask Sarah to tell us who she is and what she does straight off. Lovely. Thank you, Shelley. So my name is Sarah Zikir Papasava, a bit of a mouthful. (laughs) Um, And I uh, founded Apt Virtual Assistance, or as I like to call it, Apt VA for short. Um, three years ago now and what I do is I provide small business owners with high quality administrative and creative support. Fantastic so what sort of support is that you said administrative and creative so that suggests to me that you don't just do the usual diary management and bookings and all that kind of stuff so what else do you do what's the creative bit? Yes, so my I have two backgrounds. Um, the, the first one, I originally studied fine arts, and Ooh. that's where the creative side comes mm. from. Um, so one of my passions is um, art, anything creative. Um, I did a BA in painting um, a long time ago, <laughs> and then I went on to study uh, an MA in fine arts as well, where I specialized in digital art. Um, wow. So I, I love that area and yes, any excuse to get creative, but it kind of left that aside a little bit um, when I, um, after graduating, after doing my master's, I went into a career as a PA and it was one of those situations where I'm looking to get a mortgage and you know a steady job um, and I always loved the admin side of things and organizations. So I thought, you know, PA is a, is a, is a great area to start. And I ended up loving it, absolutely loving it. So it, that's why I say it's two of my passions. So I started as a, as a personal assistant. Um, and then I, because I loved it so much, I progressed into studying to be a, an executive assistant, an EA. And that was my last job. It was a corporate job for a private commercial property group in central London. Um, and I, I loved it. it was, but it was very demanding, as you can yeah. imagine central London um you know the travel I'm in North London so it was an hour's travel and it was also uh, quite long hours um but the workload I loved so when I decided to start a family I thought right I had every intention to go back as you do when you're a new mother and you don't know (laughs) what you're getting yourself into you can't imagine or plan so I had every intention to go back but then um as I was in my maternity leave I realized Actually, with those hours, I would end up not seeing my daughter awake (laughs) with the travel and everything involved. So I started looking at my options and I was very lucky because I had a very uh, great boss who was very understanding and and gave me the time and space to to really think about it and and consider my options. 
And that's when I, um, I actually Googled virtual assistant and learned all about it from, from there. I had no idea before the whole virtual assistant world. Um, so it was a revelation, the idea of being able to be flexible in my job, but still do something I loved. And also, for, for, in my case, it was that idea of bringing the creative um, passion that I had into it and being able to kind of shape a business to, to do two things that I loved. Oh, fantastic. That's what I did. Yes. <laughs> so the, to answer your question, the creative side of thing, yes. The services I offer are a mixture of the admin. So the, the PA, the EA background comes into that. So yes, scheduling diary management, all of those traditional PA, EA tasks. Um, but I also bring the creative side. So that's um, the design, flyers, newsletters, email marketing, all of those things as well. Yeah. And that suits small business owners quite well because, as you know, they wear so many hats and they need a variety of things. So it's where I can help and kind of mix and match and create a really bespoke service. That's fantastic. Yes, I know through because we were talking earlier and um, before we came on air and Jo was telling me that she'd worked with you on, for a client on a, on a mailing issue so that kind of makes total sense to me so so that's that's great joe have you got any questions for sarah or do you want to uh, i have been, but, well i have to say that i i mean we've known each other a little while through our networking at athena and working with sharon i had no idea you'd done fine art i think that's wonderful because i really love i'm very interested in in art and we spend well i say we spend prior to the pandemic and prior to having children my husband and i spent an awful lot of time in places like the national gallery and we spent our 10th wedding anniversary in Florence and we were either in churches looking at art, we were in museums looking at art and I got to see my most favourite picture of, of all time, the birth of Venus, which was extraordinary. So <laughs> I, I, I've learned something new about you today and I'm very thrilled about that. <laughs> that's great that's great so what when you when a, when a client comes to you Sarah and asks you to put your creative hat on um, what kind of things are they asking you for uh, and what kind of what software because I'm the software person here so what um, what software what do you use for that or do you draw something and then turn it because you mentioned digital art so I'm intrigued by that one mm. elaborate yeah. <laughs> Will do. Yeah, so um, because of my, my background, I'm trained in um, programs like Adobe Creative Cloud, so using Photoshop, InDesign, all of those programs for more advanced users. Um, most of the time, I, I work on flyers, um, newsletter templates, creating the branded templates is something that's very valuable for a small business yeah. owner because, of course, um, they've got that set up so it saves time. Yeah. Um, so a, a lot of work around the, the branding, um, the look of things, visuals. Yeah. For social media, I don't necessarily work with um, social media, media consultancy or strategy, but I do work with visuals. So I can help a small business owner who's got a plan in place or and just needs extra help to execute it. So, for yeah. example, creating those um, visuals for social media. Mm -hmm. Scheduling them as well comes into it, but not so much the, the engagement because that's a whole different world, isn't it? Yeah. There's so much more there. 
So I, I come in, in in that sense. And of course, for those uh, tasks, you, you don't really need, sometimes you do, but most of the time, something like Canva can uh, work well. So yes, Canva is a great tool for doing something quite easily. I think Canva opened up the world to small businesses so yeah. that they can do themselves a, a lot of things. But at the same time, you can really tell the difference when somebody hasn't had a trained eye to look at composition, at colors, and put something together very quickly. Well, someone who does still put something together quite quickly but has that knowledge um, and background, I think you, you can tell the difference. And if you've got that investment that you, you can um, allow yourself to delegate that task, I would always recommend uh, doing that. And that's one of the ways that I can help. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so a range of uh, software that I use. Um, and ha- saying that, so Shelley, if you don't mind me going off the question a little no, bit. No, please do. Um, that's with the, that visual way of working, because some people who do have um, prefer things to be visual, um, I can recommend software for clients to use where they can see, see and map things out visually. Because sometimes, you know, a cli- you can do so much with a spreadsheet. Absolutely. Spreadsheets are wonderful. But um, visually, it cannot be that attractive to work on. And that's something that I can recommend. Making systems easier for clients to work with, I think, is another popular um, off- offering that I, that I have and that uh, goes well with clients. Because they sometimes just suffer with having so many um, different software, different tools, <laughs> but not necessarily being able to um, or, or being attracted to them to use them well yeah. so my visual um, background also helps me to kind of right let's make this work for you so that you're um, you find it easier to work with them yeah so you can map things out for people visually which for me it's, it's interesting because I'm very linear I whenever I say okay mm-hmm. I'm going to create a mind map of, of my next course so I'll sit down I'll draw this mind map and then I'll realize what I've really done is made a list you know, it's not really a mind map, it's yeah. a list. And that, that's how I work. That's how, but I, I want to pick up on the point you mentioned about the graphic designer element mm. or the, the, the trained eye. And I think you're absolutely right. And I, mm. I actually have an example of this. And um, I, I uh, should, the next week have been at the PA show. We were talking about it in the introduction, but it's been moved to September. So I'm in the, mm. I'm normally based in Israel and I'm right now, I'm in the UK because I came for the show, which has now been postponed to September. But never mind. So I, obviously you want to, I'm, we're going to be exhibiting. Joe was going to be helping me. We were going to have a great fun couple of days it was going to be talking to loads of people it's going to be such fun so I wanted a giveaway to give people that came up to the stand and I commissioned uh, another VA to create a keyboard shortcut document for me Um, and she did a great job and then I sent it to the guy who does all my branding my graphic designer uh, for printing because he's based in the UK and he has a good printer and he knows what paper I need and he's my brand is very important to me and he he said um, I can't edit this I can't do anything with it because it was made in Canva it wasn't editable in any way so um, I said okay Paul you know everything has to how I like things to be consistent you know he's did the virtually amazing brand he's done my tomorrow's VA brand so he knows me been working with him for 10 or more years and uh so he redesigned it and I have to tell you it's chalk and cheese and that's not to say that the job 
that the person I gave it to was a bad job. It was a great job. It was only when it came to printing that we realized it didn't quite work for, for what we wanted. So um, he, he, it, I have to say they're downstairs. I can't go and get one to show you, but they, they match my branding. They match everything else. And I think it's really important for a small business. You want to give the impression of a bigger business and, and um, you, you only get one chance. You never get, what's it? first what's the word how does it go you never get a second chance yes yeah to make a first impression yes so and it's really important so yeah I think I think that's a a really valuable thing and you're right um if you're not trained in it you might be very good at it but it's not the same as somebody who's really invested all that time and effort (laughs) in in it what about you joe I know you you and Canva are not best friends, are you? <laughs> the thing is, Canva is quite functional. It's 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 very intuitive. But no, no, it's it's just not. I would rather have Excel, I would rather have a CRM system than Canva. And as for Adobe, well, yeah. No, I remember sitting with a friend who's a graphic designer and she said to me, she said, I've just got to finish tweaking this design um, because it's got to go and whatever. So I sat there and watched and she was like, and there was this and she's got this pen um, that she draws on. I forget what the, the thing, but it's like she draws a picture on this little pad and it appears on the screen and then she tweaks it. And I just looked at her for, oh, gosh. No, I'd rather just, no, no, it's just not. And the beauty of this whole industry is that there is somebody like you, Sarah, and the other VAs who have your skill. Then we have somebody like Shelley with her skills. We have me with my skills. And we have all these other VAs that we've spoken to on this journey with the, the podcast who who have their unique set of skills. And I think that that's just... Yeah, you know, fabulous. We, we should all celebrate each other's differences and and skills. So it's wonderful. Yeah, um, absolutely. I yeah. do envy people who can do these kind of clever things, but no. no. <laughs> I think that's a question of time as well, isn't there? Because, um, you know, it it does it can. I have clients who say, "I love Canva. It's fun, <laughs> and it is. It can be very fun." Um, but it will take me three hours to do what you do in half an hour. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there is time, the time element involved as well. So sometimes just delegating for that is worth, yeah. is worth it. But yeah, clients who, who have backgrounds, um, you know, the creative backgrounds, and they, they could do it, but they still choose to delegate just because it will save time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. totally. And with, your, with what you mentioned, Joe, about the, the, the tablet and drawing, yes, so and actually to answer Shelley's question when it is a project that's a little bit more that requires an illustration I do have colleagues who are illustrators um, graphic designers by profession and they um, can help and and we collaborate in that sense so they do do these amazing um, if I'm out of practice as well (laughs) I've just remembered what it's called it's called the Wacom pad and you have it's like um you know it's like the pens that you have for the touch screens and you just draw on this and yeah 
it's awe inspiring to watch somebody who has that skill and that talent and even somebody who goes into these really clever things like InDesign and all those kinds of things I, I'm overawed by it but no I just not, it, not it, your wouldn't thing. Be, it wouldn't be a thing that I would run to um, sign up for I have to say <laughs> that's okay but I that's what I love about having having entered the VN, VA yeah. industry from being a corporate trainer to um, the, the mantra of collaboration, not competition. Uh, and it's one of the things that I really love. I'm also, I've mentioned it before over the year in the podcast that I'm also part of a trainer community where, yeah, there are other Microsoft trainers, but there's all sorts of other kinds of trainers in my community. So if you need somebody to deliver diversity and inclusion, or if you need leadership skills mm. or DISC or any of those, I know somebody who can do that. And and again, it's collaboration, not competition. And, and I think that is so valuable um, that we can do that because we can't be all things to to all people. But talking about drawing, it's very it's very cute. I'm going to talk about my granddaughter for a minute. She's four and a half, um, and I recently bought a new laptop. I've got a a, a, a ThinkPad Yoga. I a ThinkPad Yoga. It's the business one of the Think of the Yoga machine. So the screen folds back. You can have it flat as a tablet, and it comes with a pen, which is very clever because it's kind of stored in the laptop. So you pull it out, and it's got and it charges while it's in there. So I was playing around with it the day I got it. I got it a few weeks ago. We were here about four weeks ago now for a weekend to meet our new grandson who is nine months old for the first time. So that's when I took delivery of it. And I was setting it up and playing with it. And she saw I had a pen and she loves drawing and coloring. And, and anyway, so she said, can I draw on your computer? You know, so I flipped it into a tablet and found Paint 3D. And I was mesmerized by what this four and a half year old intuitively was doing. It was really fascinating to watch. Yeah. And when we turned up on Sunday, the first thing she said is, can I draw on your laptops after <laughs> And she remembered, she remembered how to get a new page, um, not to save it, because she doesn't, can't read what it says, but she knew which, she remembered the the location of the buttons is she she remembered how to change the color and the thickness of the pen and get stickers it was fascinating yeah. to watch yeah fascinating. It is fascinating, isn't it? i've yeah. got a four-year-old who's the same she loves yeah. anything any chance to get creative and we found recently a, a, her cousin suggested there's an app for, for coloring by numbers so all she has to do is press a little finger on the numbers and follow and, and color ah. it in um, oh, and it's that. fantastic because there's some learning involved yes. as well and the creative side. So, yeah, she, yeah. she loves that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, looking. intuitive they are with the yeah. little fingers. Yeah, they're very intuitive and, and they remember. Um, and, and the toys are, you know, the toys are so in, so amazing now um, as opposed to when Mike is 30-something years ago, babies. I mean, my youngest is 30. So, you know, the toys are completely, some toys are yeah. the same, but the majority of the toys now, they're such more, much brighter colours. The design, coming back to the creative thing, the design yeah. is very important. Um, and I think that's kind of over the years become much more marked that the design of things is, is really important. Um, yeah. yeah, definitely. And uh, I love the idea that you create, um, your client's social media images, even if you don't schedule them, because, um, and you're absolutely right, the engagement piece is 
really for the business owner to do or somebody in the business to do mm. because they know how to react. So I outsource all my social media, as listeners, you know this, um, but I do the interaction piece. So I mm. monitor what, you know, what goes out. I don't have the time to sit there and create the images or the will either like do. <laughs> and um, and I, I find it difficult to come up with a design. I mean, I can do it, but it will take me a long time. Although I'm great with documents, for example, because I know exactly what I'm doing with those and how to make those look great. But Canva or Photoshop, yeah, not not greatly. So I think that's I think that's that's really great. So how much of your working day, um, Sarah, is divided into kind of standard admin or creative stuff? Can you can you divide it up like that? Um, yes. Uh, it, it depends on whose clients work I'm working on, um, so it does vary. But that's another thing that I love about the flexibility of being a VA. It's just no day is the same, yeah. um, so that's great. Today, for example, I've got this lovely interview in the morning. I've got some client work that I'm working on that is creative in the morning. Um, in the afternoon, I've got client calls, so it's slightly different. Um, but, yes, I like to, to, to have a mix Um also keep an eye on when I schedule the work, the, the creative is always more enjoyable. <laughs> it can be in the afternoon when you're starting to lose your energy. All creative yeah. work, fantastic. So I try to do it that way as well and keep the admin for the mornings. Um, but yeah, I, I love, love that flexibility of being able to. And as I say, some clients have a, a mixture. Um, some I only do creative for, uh, work for. So do the, the social media videos, uh, visuals i do newsletters which are consistently going out every month so they are um scheduled in and um, event bright banners all of these visuals that you need for profile pictures for any branding um and that's kind of just what i do for others i will do the the admin more than the creative i'll say um so they've got some clients have their website designer who who does that, so they don't need that kind of assistance. So it is mainly admin. So it's it's a, a mixture, I'd say. Probably yeah. um, probably now a bit more of the creative because there's so much online, yes. and lots of clients have transitioned to to do lots of things online. So a lot of marketing, email marketing, a lot of um, yeah, just banners and things like that for LinkedIn and um for the articles. So they'll write the copy. I'll proofread it as well because that's one of the things that I do and then create the visuals accordingly. Um, so, so, yes, I think it's um, going towards tipping towards the creative side a little bit more since uh, the pandemic. Yeah, well, I think that must that must suit you really well because that actually was your first passion, wasn't it? So it's great to be able to bring that into your working day. And lovely that your daughter actually is is also enamoured with the creative stuff. So does she help <laughs> you in your business ever? <laughs> she, she says to me at nursery she says mom I'm an artist <laughs> <They're all ready. laughs> she does she's my little mascot <laughs> oh that's fantastic so how um how many hours a day do you typically work because our listeners um listen from all different you know everybody's offering different services and everybody has their different needs as to what they want to do with their time as well because we're all time poor um whatever we do 
whichever sphere we're in. So it, our listeners love hearing the backstories of everybody like yours and and then kind of how we all work, because we all work differently, basically the same, but we all have different tweaks. So what kind of um, day, do, what's, I mean, you've, you've told us kind of what your typical day looks like, but how many hours a day do you work? And how many hours do you find you spend administering your own business? Because I think a lot of business owners forget that, that their own business is is a client. So how does that work out for you, Sarah? Yes. So luckily for me, before I set up AppVA, I had some experience um, as, as a small business owner because I had previously set um, a craft, art and craft <laughs> business. Um, but of course, very different because it was a product-based business and now I had a service-based um, business. So the, the first thing I was very aware of was that actually I was setting up um, with two different jobs. One, as you say, a client work and looking after other businesses, and the other, my own business, and making sure that I did um, do everything uh, that a small business owner does to, to maintain and to um, run their own business. So I was very aware from the beginning, and um, of course I had a little one as well, so that's the third job. <laughs> so it was a juggling act uh, to begin with. But I think being organized in the background, the EAPA background really, really helped to establish a routine. But having said that, a flexible routine yeah. so that I didn't go crazy. <laughs> and in the last year as well, very important for that routine to be flexible so that I can, um, as you know, small business owners, just being flexible, taking the afternoon off because it's so hot outside and just going, um, just doing things a little bit different. So being yeah. flexible in that way. Yeah. But within that, of course, having a routine so that I'm working uh, on client work, t- time tracked work, as I like to, to call it, and uh, work on my own business and doing my social media, um, checking my emails, making sure that, um, you know, my, my mission, my vision is still clear to me and doing accountability at the end. Uh, I always do an annual review to see how how's that gone and um, all of those admin things. So. Typically, I would say that, so I have my working hours nine to five, because that's when it's, it's where, it's what I put out there, nine yeah. to five, when AppVA is open. But of course, that's because I want clients to contact me within those hours. They can contact me outside of those hours, but the work will be done within um, those hours. So it's, I think it's really important as a VA, especially if you're starting out, to have those those boundaries to have those mm-hmm. in place very clearly. So I state in my contract, for example, um, that I will reply to emails within 48 hours because I have a little one and a family and I chose this business because I needed that flexibility. So I end up almost always replying before that, but I have that yeah. um, specified and so that expectations are very clear from the very beginning and that's helped immensely not only so that I, I deliver everything and, and the expectations are met but also that I have that time to work on my business as well um, and, and not let balls drop so yes nine to five is the official time that I work in but I can be flexible within that and and work maybe a morning take off sometime in the afternoon catch up later yeah. um, typically I'd say I spend on average about five hours a day on time-tracked client work and then the rest 
maybe two, three hours on my own business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that sounds, I remember Kathy Salisbury saying that right at the beginning of the year, Joe, do you remember? Yeah. We talked about it. She says she, she can find some days it might only be three hours client work um, or three to five hours. She said you, you work all day. And then when you actually sit down and look at what you delivered or what you did, you think, oh, I didn't do that many hours. Where's that time gone? <laughs> and I, I, th- I think you're very wise. I think um, it's setting expectations and having good boundaries is really important. I've been listening to a podcast by Denise Duffield Thomas. Mm-hmm. Um, she, I've just read, listened to two of her books. I've actually gone out and bought the physical books because I enjoyed listening to them. I now want to go and scribble in them. Uh, mm-hmm. And she's her first book was Get Rich, Lucky Bitch. And her second book was Chillpreneur. And uh, I'm now listening to her new podcast, which is called um, Chill and Prosper. And we were on a long car journey yesterday and I was listening to last week's episode or this an episode. And it was her six tips to get you to the next level in business. And I think tip number two was setting boundaries. It was re- number one was focusing on your money making activities. That was definitely number one. So it's very easy to get sucked into administering our own business, but we're not generating any money from that. So always be focused on the money generating things that might be a, a lead magnet you need to send out or signing people up to your newsletter because they're going to buy from you in the end or whatever it might be, or deliver, in my case, delivering training. So, but tip number two was setting boundaries because you know we can all over deliver to our heart's content but it doesn't help anybody so um i think i think i think you've got a good head on those shoulders there sarah <laughs> thank you <laughs> and good. another thing that i think that um is is actually um sometimes you think that's not necessarily you know it's it's easy to it's not that easy to get your head around but it's uh, for me it's been great is the networking aspect so scheduling mm, yeah. time for my own business through networking. Yeah. Um, so as Joe knows, Joe's part of the, the same network as I am, the Athena network. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it, they, we have a monthly meeting, which is two hours long for those who don't know the Athena network. So it's a day that pretty much is towards that, the networking aspect, because you've got the follow-up and you, you, it takes a chunk off your day. Um, but I always see that as a great investment in my business, yeah. not uh, time wasted. But I know small business owners who think, oh, but I can't spend that much time out of my business. But I think it really depends what it does for your business. So for mine specifically, it's been great. It's a time that I can meet other small business owners who inspire me, who support and possibilities of collaborating. Um, so it's a really good investment for, for my business. And it's something that I always uh, take the time out fully to be present and, and attend. Yeah, I think that's that's very valuable. We've we've had a few networking people mm-hmm. on, haven't we, Joe? Yeah. Uh, who actually run networks um, uh-huh. or go networking a lot, and there is a consistent theme throughout as to how important networking is. Because if we don't take the time out, and in any business area, this is not just for VAs or trainers like me, but if we don't look after the pipeline. Um, where's the next, you know, no client is infinite. At the end of the Mm. day, they might sell their business or Mm. close it down or a pandemic happens. 
um mm-hmm. and you know i remember joe you kind of being in despair you know all your work mm-hmm. had fallen off a cliff from one yeah. day to the to the next and then it picked up again but yeah. the point the point is that we have to make that time to make sure that yeah. we're filling our future pipeline and, and they're built that's built on relationship building which is what network yeah. is really is and networking also is an opportunity to learn from others I mean Sarah and I as she said we both go to Athena and a strong part of that networking ethic is about learning from each other supporting each other and it you know once you find the right network for you and the right group to network in and ideally there will be some of your target clients in there, but they don't all have to be because you don't know who other people know that you're in the room with. But those people in the room should stimulate you in some way so that you learn and become a better business person because you listen to them talking about that problem that they've had, the the brainstorming of the solutions, and something will just resonate with you maybe not on that day but a few weeks later something happens in your own business you wow that was what so-and-so was talking about and she said this so let me try you know and and there is that it's not always just about the connection and the pipeline there's so much more in networking and I, I think you know Sarah and I because we both go to Athena we would say that that is kind of like the and I know from you as well, Shelley, that networking is the biggest investment in the growth of your business through relationships that you can make. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I think it's really important. And I think a lot of people get really worried or scared about going networking. Oh, what am I going to talk about? Nobody's going to want to talk to me. They're not going to be interested in me. But I think the most um, important, well, there are two important things for me. One is that everybody feels like that the first time they go to a network. You are not alone. If you are going networking, just take a deep breath. Repeat, I am great before you go in and you'll be fine um or some other kind of mantra like that that's going to make you feel good so i think that's 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 point number one that we all feel nervous before going anywhere for the first time and i think that the second point is uh which has completely gone out of my head and it was really clear in my head a moment ago that is really annoying um yeah everybody feels like that and it's it's just really important to build those relationships that's what it is you're not actually going there to sell you're going there to meet people you're going there to build relationships and you're going there to keep yourself top of mind so that when joe blogs um is talking to his friend sue and sue says oh i'm drowning in admin joe says oh i met this great person at my last networking event i mean i'm totally a man but never mind um athena's a women's network but i used to go to athena very at the very beginning that was i think that was the first network i did join was athena and then i moved on to bni i've done four networking i've done most things so you know and it's really valuable over the years um but yeah you're you're talking to the people that the people in the room know not necessarily yes there will be people in the room that do want your services but really it's about what do they what do people say about you when you're not there Mm. that's 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 really what's about so yeah when I when I first went to my first Athena meeting was actually my first networking meeting ever representing myself um and I was of course very new to it had 
the only reason I actually looked for the group and, and joined it was because I was going to be sat in front of the computer <laughs> all day, every day. I thought yeah. this is a great excuse to get out, to actually meet yeah. other small business owners. Really? And that was my, my intention, to go out of the house, get dressed up, have a nice lunch once a month. But of course, it became so much more than that. And within the first month of joining, I could see um, how how much more it would be in terms of, as Joe saying, mm-hmm. the opportunities of training, of collaboration, of exchanging skill sets, um, and also finding clients. So I did a, a, a little, because um, I like to analyze things a little bit at the end of doing them. So at the end of the first year of joining Athena, I did a little um, analysis of how many clients I had that came from Athena directly. And it was 60% of my clients at that yeah. time were coming wow. from Athena. And I just joined because I wanted, you know, some time out. So <laughs> you never know where it's going to take you. And when I joined, I was um, very not used to to what I had to do, you know, just uh, building those relationships, how to do that, I wasn't too sure. But towards the end of the first year, I enjoyed it so much, I became chair of my region, my group. I am now VA to two different regions, North London and West London, and I love it. So you, I think if you're in fear of trying, listeners and, and VAs who are, haven't attempted it yet, you might not like it, and that's fine, but I think give it a fair go because it can be a lot more than you expect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's very, very wise words. I think that's a great place for us to yeah. draw the interview to a close. We've had a lovely chat. We've learned loads about you. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure everybody will be marking their cards and saying, mm, if I need some creatives, I know where I'm going to go. Um, and also yes. some help with other stuff. So it's really, really lovely to talk to you, Sarah. And thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. Thank you very much, Shelley. And I wish you all the best. Thanks. Thank you. Welcome back listeners. That was a fantastic interview there with Sarah and I'm still not going to say her surname because I will completely get it wrong. Um, But yeah, that was really fascinating. I was very intrigued as you were Joe, by uh, by her background, um, fine arts background, no less. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and, and what a stunning background, you know, for, for somebody like me who doesn't have that, that skill or that ability but has that I I, I love to spend an afternoon and I can lose a day in an art gallery and I can really admire and appreciate all kinds of art um, possibly excluding a row of bricks on the floor (laughs) some random ones but you know I, I just admire people with that skill uh, and it, you know, yeah, she she clearly has it. And you know, when I worked with Sarah on our client project, you could see I would sort of butcher something together as a template and sort of say to her, "Well, you need, you know, this is how you do a template." And and I and then I'd go back in the next day to do my next piece, and it was all kind of beautiful laid out. And I would look <laughs> at it and I'd think. I know it looks much, much different, but I could never put my finger on why it looked, you know, that. But now I know it's because she took a designer's eye rather than, you know. Yeah, it's the the same with my flyers. Um, You know, it's not that the person I gave it to did a bad job. She did a great job. Um, 
and I really loved it. And it was only because Paul said, well, I can't print that and I need to move something around and, and can I have it? And, and the Canva didn't translate to words. So it wasn't editable. He said, it's not editable. I can't move it around. And, uh, and so he redid it. And, you know, it's really is chalk and cheese um, as, yeah. to, as to what he did uh, and what she did. And I love both of them. Yeah. His actually fits in with everything else that I put out. So I think that's, that's quite an important I lesson. For me, a, a, a while, long time ago, when I first started out, and I had a conversation with a graphic designer, and I sort of said, Oh, well, I've done this and I've done that. And she said, I'll just do a little couple of tweaks. And she did a couple of tweaks, and I said, I can't see what you've done. And she said, Well, I've squared this, and the positioning between this and this is better. And I said, Well, I can't see why. And she said, because it's about the even spacing and the rule of three in terms of how it looks and how it's this focal point. And I just said, kind of two sentences in, I don't understand. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I could have that same conversation today. I, I would have a better understanding, but I would still get lost in it. So yeah. it, it's one of those where I admire from afar. And yeah. um, it's one of those where I feel it's worth paying for that expertise, um, yeah. especially if it's your own business brand, because yeah. that and and but when you're starting out, I'm not saying that you should go out and splash out thousands of pounds yeah. on designing and, and graphics and all of that. Not that at all. But. Um, because all of us will iterate our brand over time. So the brand that we start out with will not be the same as the branding that we end up with. I've been through, I think, four different iterations of my branding until I've ended up uh, where I am at the moment. So it, it does change. But I think it's important to kind of make sure that whatever your branding is, that it matches yeah. your values and your vision and that it reflects you. And I my branding when I first had my first train, my training company was called The Training Surgery. And I went to a graphic design house for, well, house. I mean, they had an office and there were two or three designers there. And they came up with the concept. Actually, it was a really lovely concept. And I said, it's blue. My branding is blue. And they said, no, it's not blue. It's something else. Anyway, so it ended up being, and I'm, I'm going to use the word violent pink. It was magenta, yeah. which um, when I then... 10 15 years later on had my colors done pink is not in my color palette at all it makes me look really ill yeah. and it got to a point actually where I would look at this website that we designed and this branding and although I love the logo itself the color wasn't me yeah. um, and I went through a rebranding exercise with with a wonderful lady called um, Ruthie Edwards uh, her, her branding company is called iMojo she gives you your mojo back and the process was fascinating. It took yeah. place over three or four weeks. It was a coaching call every week. And uh, the thing that was that's really stuck with me the most, apart from she wanted to find out everything about my business, because she wanted to reflect that in whatever they came up with. And what she came up with at the end of it was a brief for a designer. And that's how I met Paul, because she introduced me to Paul. And the thing about it, when we got through this brief, I was able to give this brief, which was a PowerPoint, <clears throat> a slide deck of about 30 slides, like through my business journey and what I stood for and my values and all this kind of stuff. <clears throat> and he came back with the first design 
within minutes almost it felt like minutes and it was spot on almost the first mm. you know you present they present you with a range of four or five different designs yeah. uh, and one of those was right because the brief was right but the thing that stuck with me was um an exercise she gave me and this is just a, a fun thing to do for anybody is you go to uh, 10 different people half of them clients half of them friends and you ask them what are the top five words that describe you or the top yeah. 10 words that describe yeah. you and then you collate them all so I went round to all these and what was interesting was when I kind of typed them all out I realized that there were certain words that were repeated by each of them yeah. professional and fun were the top two and a professional a professional fun and integrity honest was what yeah. came up those three uh, and then when I went back to Ruth um, we talked about them and we talked about what colors those words represent uh, or what yeah, what the word, which colors go with those words. So blue is used for trust yeah. and professionalism um, and orange and yellow were fun. And in fact, I wanted blue and yellow, but it didn't look right. So we went with the orange. But it's really interesting, um, a really interesting exercise to do. Yeah. If, uh, if you're trying to figure out what you stand for is asking other people what that is and then mishmashing all that information together and you can do lots of research online as to um what the colors mean um i yeah. can't remember what the terminology is but it's really a fascinating thing and was was very useful and and it just helps um and and i know there's lots of years i mean like we introduced stephanie um yeah. who who does the canva training who is amazing yeah. and she does gra amazing graphics uh, and there are people out there and we also um we had somebody else who did Canva as well. Her name is, I can picture her face, but her name has completely gone out of my mind. Recently, we had somebody, Angela. Angela, Angela yes. Yep. Yes. So, yes, so it's um, it's definitely something that I think is important because it's the first thing people see about you. And, and it needs to convey yeah. what you stand for and what your business stands yeah. for, what your service is going to be like. Um, I think that's quite important. Yeah. What do you think? And, uh, well, I, I agree. And, and I think that I remember when I very first started out, long before I had any understanding, um, I just went onto one of these freebie websites and sort of created something, anything to get started. And then um, over a period of time, it has evolved. And now with a better understanding of design, what it means, what it requires, all of those things, and a better understanding of branding, um, I now, like you, have a designer that I work with who helped me do the logo in line with the brand stuff. Um, and I did that exact same exercise as you. I contacted a range of clients, and people who knew me from networking for the top three words. Um, and it was really very interesting, you know, that feedback. So now with all of that um, ammunition or intelligence or information, whichever way you want to call it, you can then approach your business in a very different yeah. way. Um, and... The, the imagery, whether it's your logo, whether it's your social media, 
all of these things should underpin the message that you're trying to give out about your business and your values and those so that's kind of where I've come to um and as I say it's well documented on this podcast my love of these things so I outsource and if it means for example that I kind of pay myself a little bit less this month because I want to pay for a particular piece of graphic or an image um then I do that and I would rather do that than um, botch something yeah. because I do botch. You know, I can knock up a meme if I want to, but it doesn't replace the people that I pay who yeah. have that skill. And, and, you know, you get to that point where you understand in your business what you're good at, what you like, what it means to you. And you just do that. Yeah, absolutely. Totally, totally agree. Well, Joe, what are you going to do for the rest of today? Let's wrap up for now. So the rest of today, um, I have a privacy policy review this afternoon. Um, and uh, I am working out the timetable for my next piece of training um and as i've had to move my holiday and we're no longer going to a wedding in europe this year um and that we are having a cottage in the uk instead the plans have had to be reshifted a little yeah. bit so i've got to do some replanning now that we've kind of finalized the arrangements on that um so that's the end of my day and then i've got um my aquarobics class this evening excellent you'll be toned and and actually quite good because it's been quite hot today so going to yeah. aquarobics is probably a really fun thing to do when it's so hot yeah so. and it'll be in the outdoor pool too so it'll be yeah. wonderful oh lovely 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 and well, how about you Shelley what is your day looking like well we London? have an we actually have another podcast to record a bit later on. So, oh, of course, yes, yep, we do. Yep, so we're going to be recording that. Uh, and then I have got two calls this afternoon, one with a new client uh, for some uh, Excel training. I think there's going to be four sessions. So we're going to plot out what that looks like uh, and when it's going to be. And then I have a call with a lady in California uh, which will be five o'clock for me, but 9am for her, uh, about becoming a preferred supplier for a big EA organisation over there. Who knows what will happen with that, but we'll see. We're going to have a chat. Um, so that will be quite interesting. And then this evening, we are meeting up with some friends, our, our best friends um, here in the UK. So while we're here for the, this two weeks, this first week, we packed everything in because we were going to be busy with the PA show next week, which of course is now not happening. So we are busy every single night this week. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's it's fun. But yeah, so we, we're going to see our friends this evening, which will be, be really nice. Um, so I think we should wrap up now, Joe. Thank you, listeners, once again for joining us. And uh, remember, you can catch the webpage at tomorrow's VA slash podcast. 
Um, you can find us on Facebook. Virtually Amazing has its own Facebook page. We'd love to get your comments there. So do tell us what you like. Uh, give us a like on Apple Podcasts. You know how to get in touch with us. You can do it all via the website. All our details are there. So I'm not going to bore you any longer. And we're going to say see you next week. You have been listening to Virtually Amazing, the podcast for virtual assistants with Shelley Fischel and Joe Brianti. We will be back with you again next week with yet another amazing episode. See you then.